This is Barry Zelma. Zelma's Insurance Fraud Letter for July 1, 2021, Volume 25, Number 13. The lead article is entitled, Attorneys Should Never Be Involved in Fraud with Clients, because the crime fraud exception applies to defeat claims of the attorney-client privilege. For example, in United States of America versus Aron Sharvin, a 2001 decision of the Southern District of New York, an indictment involving multiple health insurance fraud perpetrators attempted to keep from their criminal trial wiretap conversations that seemed to establish the crime. By motion dated June 1, 2001, defendant Michael Lamond moved to suppress 19 telephone conversations between himself and defendant Aaron Shervin, intercepted by the Federal Bureau of Investigation pursuant to court-authorized wiretaps. Defendant argued that the communications are protected by the attorney-client privilege because Aron Charvin was a client. The defendants were charged with creating wholesale and retail shell corporations to perpetrate the fraudulent sale of durable medical equipment, to obtain inflated reimbursement from no-fault insurance providers and financing their scheme through the sale of fraudulent receivables of the clinics to investors who benefited from the inflated reimbursement generated by the fraud, even though New York State prohibits medical professionals from sharing fees for medical services with non-medical professionals. The sophisticated schemes also utilize the services of lawyers to represent patients, to facilitate payments, and to prevent the insurance companies from detecting the possibility of the fraud. The indictment also alleged that the scheme involving billing for invoices generated by medical professional corporations and submitted to no-fault insurers through the law office of Akiva Ofstein, PC, which employed Defendant Lamont and Defendant Vadim Shervin. Defendant Lamont was allegedly an attorney licensed to practice in New York State, and the services were used to draft contracts with financiers and to prevent unwarranted scrutiny from insurers. Furthermore, the indictment alleged that Lamont allowed use of his attorney's escrow account to receive monies from financiers purchasing the inflated receivables. This agreement allowed members of the conspiracy to shield the fact that the insurance payments were received by certain members of the conspiracy rather than relevant medical corporations. The privilege, however, is not an unbridled license which protects all communications between attorney and client. One of the exceptions to the privilege is commonly referred to as the crime-fraud exception. Under this exception, the privilege ceases to operate at a certain point,
namely, where the desired advice refers not to prior wrongdoing, but to the future wrongdoing. Nor can the privileged communications between an attorney and client be carried on with the purpose of furthering or enabling a crime or a fraud. It is well settled that the party asserting the attorney-client privilege has the burden of establishing that all the elements of the privilege are present. The attorney may be innocent, and still the guilty client must let the truth come out. Therefore, Lamont's knowledge of whether a fraudulent scheme was afoot is not relevant to the application of the crime-fraud exception to Lamont's interactions with Aron Shervin. The intercepted calls demonstrated that Shervin used the services of Lamont and the law offices of Akiva Ofstein PC to one submit fraudulent bills and collect money from no-fault insurers, two, draft contracts with doctors and investors in furtherance of the fraudulent scheme, and three, launder monies generated through the fraudulent scheme. After reviewing all of the telephone taps, the district court concluded that the allegation of Lamond, that the conversations he was seeking to suppress took place in his capacity as legal counsel to Mr. Shervin and involved consultations regarding financing, no-fault insurance collections, and arbitration matters, and that the conversations do not show, however, that the government has probable cause to believe that Shervin intentionally and knowingly utilized the services of Michael Lamont to further Shervin's illegal scheme to obtain funds by submitting fraudulent medical bills traveling in interstate commerce to no-fault insurance carriers. The district court concluded there was probable cause to believe that Shervin was knowingly involved in a complex mail-or-wire fraud scheme to defraud no-fault insurer providers and that the crime-fraud exception to the attorney-client privilege applied to that set of facts. Therefore, the district court denied the motion to suppress. This article was adapted from my book, Zelma on Insurance Claims, Part 108, Second Edition, which is part of a 10-part treatise, Zelma on Insurance Claims, all of which are available as Kindle books and as paperbacks from Amazon.com. The July 1, 2021 issue also contains an article about how an insured cannot commit a little fraud any more than that insured can be a little dead, reporting on a decision called Matthew Kelly versus State Farm, a June 16, 2021 decision of the Oregon Court of Appeals, and an article about how Kentucky, the state, claimed millions in unallowable school-based Medicare administrative costs, resulting in an order from the Office of the Inspector General requiring the state to admit that 58862528 of benefits paid were unallowable 
and asking the state to return the money. The full report of the OIG is available with a link on the newsletter and on Zelma's insurance fraud letter where you can read how they found what they found. In addition, the insurance fraud letter includes listings of good news about convictions of insurance fraud perpetrators from the Coalition Against Insurance Fraud, health insurance fraud convictions, basically from the various U.S. district courts, appellate courts, and state criminal courts, as well as videos on YouTube and other insurance fraud convictions reported from the various prosecutorial agencies. In addition, Zelma's insurance fraud letter includes news about some of Barry Zelma's books and on the insurance blog, Zelma on Insurance. Some of the convictions reported include that of a Texas attorney and a client who were sentenced for conspiracy to defraud the U.S. and income taxes. John O. Green, a lawyer and his client, Texas inventor Thomas Selgas, were sentenced for conspiracy to defraud the United States in tax evasion. Selgas was sentenced to 18 months in prison and Green to six months. Selgas and Green were convicted by a jury in federal court in Dallas on January 15, 2020, and according to the evidence presented at trial, Selgas conspired with Green, an attorney to li license to practice in Texas, to defraud the United States by obstructing the IRS's efforts to assess and collect Selgas's taxes. Selgas and his wife owed approximately $1.1 million in taxes that Selgas refused to pay. When the IRS sought to collect those taxes, Selgas concealed, with the assistance of Green, substantial funds by using Green's interest on lawyers' trust account rather than using financial accounts in Selgas's own name. In addition to the term of imprisonment, U.S. District Judge Karen Gren Scholar ordered Selgas to serve three years of supervised release and pay approximately $1,323,776.92 in restitution to the United States and ordered Green to serve three years of supervised release and pay approximately $679,501 in restitution. In another case, Imad Dawara, an arsonist who set fire in 2018 in Old City, Pennsylvania, destroying condos and businesses, was sentenced to nine years in federal prison. The judge told the prosecutor in the case it takes an evil mind to commit this type of accident. A man whose condo was lost in the fire told a judge 
that his two children were sleeping inside when neighbors pounded on their door to get them to safety. The February 2018 fire that burned for nine hours on the 200 block of Chestnut Street in Old City, Pennsylvania, and destroyed so many businesses and even a condominium building where families lived is still fresh in the minds of so many. About 160 people were displaced and a few businesses never reopened. Federal prosecutors advised that he and his brother had taken out 750000 in insurance on his hookah lounge just weeks before setting the fire. He later admitted in court to charges connected to insurance fraud and arson. The now-convicted arson has said in court Tuesday he was deeply sorry about what happened and probably even more sorry about the nine years he's going to have to serve. In a health care case, Gregory T. Rodonia, a physician, from Port Natchez, Texas, was convicted by a jury on November 17, 2020, of 12 counts of health care fraud, three counts of aggravated identity theft, and one count of making a false statement. Rodonia was sentenced to 84 months in federal prison on June 24, 2021, by U.S. District Judge Marcia Crone. Rodonaya was additionally ordered to pay $195,607.76 in restitution. Dr. Rodonaya's criminal acts inflicted significant financial harm on the TRICARE system, which ensures military personnel and their families, and involved identity theft from military service members and their uh, families according to the U.S. attorney. Rodonia, a physician practicing in Beaumont, Texas, with Rodonia Family Medicine and Aesthetics, was indicted on March 18, 2020, according to information presented in court. Beginning in January 2015, Rodonia participated in a health care fraud scheme by issuing prescriptions for specially compounded scar creams using the names, dates of birth, and health insurance claims number of TRICAR beneficiaries and caused the prescriptions to be forwarded directly to Memorial Compounding Pharmacy in Houston, Texas. These prescriptions were issued without consultation with the patient and without the patient's knowledge. The pharmacy billed the prescriptions to the military health care program TRICAR at approximately nine to $13,000 per prescription with multiple refills authorized by the prescriptions. Rodonia issued over 600 prescriptions in the names of approximately 140 beneficiaries to, in furtherance of the scheme. Before the scheme was detected, Tricar paid approximately $6.7 million in Tricar funds to Memorial Compounding Pharmacy. Further to conceal his criminal activity, Rodaya forged patients' records to create the false appearance that he had examined these patients and he submitted the fraudulent claims to the Defense Health Agency in response to an audit. Sometimes 
even the best and most intelligent of people enter into insurance fraud and fail eventually. Although it took the government $6.7 million in benefits before they caught on. This video was adapted from my newsletter Zelma on insurance fraud, which is published twice a month at www.zalma.com by clicking on the link for Zalma's insurance fraud letter. This is volume 25, issue 13, issue July 1, 2021, and can be read in full on the website. Thank you for your attention.